Support this show and all the work in the Heartland Pod universe by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the Patreon link to sign up. Membership starts at $1 a month and goes up from there with extra shows and special access at the higher levels. Heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link or just go to Patreon and search for the Heartland Pod. No matter the level you choose, your membership helps us create these independent shows as we work together to change the conversation. Reached our cruising altitude. It's time for the flyover. Welcome back to Flyover View, a member of the Heartland Pod family of podcasts. So look at Heartland News from 30,000 feet. From the Gateway Arch of the Rocky Mountains, I'm your host, Kevin Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Right off the bat, I want to thank Adam for filling in last week. I think we can all agree he did a great job. Today's two leading headlines delve into two of the sacred cows on the right abortion and guns. They highlight some very real consequences of Republicans getting their way on these fronts. Consequences they either didn't foresee and don't care about, or never cared about at all. Everyday people are being harmed by these disastrous policies, and there are numbers to prove it, as highlighted soon. It has me asking, what will be the tipping point for people to wake up and see the damage this feverish push to the right causes? Idaho Hospital to Stop Labor and Delivery Services Citing Political Climate and Doctor Shortages Pregnant women who utilized Bonner General, a 25-bed hospital, will now have to drive to hospitals or birthing centers in Coeur d'Alene or Spokane, both an hour or more away, to give birth. In 2022, doctors delivered 265 babies at Bonner General and admitted less than 10 pediatric patients. But in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade, abortion bans have added another challenge to rural hospitals that have struggled to keep their doors open and their facilities fully staffed and running. Nationwide, hospitals have been sounding the alarm that states with strict abortion laws risk losing staff or doctors to other regions. In Indiana, one of the first states to restrict abortion following the Supreme Court's decision, the Indiana Hospital Association said the state is creating an atmosphere that will be perceived as antagonistic to physicians. Idaho has one of the most restrictive abortion bans in the country. In a court brief filed in August of 2022 in support of a Justice Department lawsuit against the Idaho abortion ban, medical groups argued that Idaho physicians are forced to choose whether to break state or federal law. In a report last September, it was found that Idaho was one of six states in which authorities can prosecute health care providers for performing abortions. Bonner General says in a new statement that the Idaho legislature continues to introduce and pass bills that criminalize physicians for medical care nationally recognized as the standard of care. Consequences for Idaho physicians providing the standard of care may include civil litigation and criminal prosecution, leading to jail time or fines. In addition to Idaho's legal and political climate, Bonner General also cited the emotional and difficult decision to stop labor and delivery services because staffing shortages and changing demographics. Since 2005, at least 190 rural hospitals have closed or converted their operations. According to numbers compiled by the Cecil G. Sheps Center for Health Services Research at the University of North Carolina, we have made every effort to avoid eliminating these services, said Ford S. Elser, Bonner General's health board president, in a statement. We hope to be the exception, but our challenges are impossible to overcome now. Often, residents in rural areas are left to drive hundreds of miles to access health care. In 2019, Pew Research published a study that showed that rural Americans live an average of 10.5 miles from the nearest hospital compared with 5.6 miles for people in suburban areas and 4.4 miles for those in urban areas. Rural hospitals are becoming endangered. 
A report from the Center for Healthcare Quality and Payment Reform found that over 600 rural hospitals are at risk of closing in 2023. The closure of a rural hospital leads to a loss of access to comprehensive medical care in a community. In fact, many of the smallest rural communities, the only thing there is is the hospital. Not only is it the only emergency department and only source of inpatient care, it's the only source of laboratory services and the only place to get an x-ray or radiology. It may even be the only place where there is primary care. All the while, dangerous trends persist in maternal mortality, especially among black women. But labor and delivery care is often placed on the chopping block for hospitals looking to rationalize services and stave off closure. According to the American Hospital Association, nearly 90 rural community hospitals closed labor and delivery units between 2015 and 2019. As of 2020, only 53% of rural community hospitals offered OB services. Overturning Roe v. Wade seems to be accelerating an already dire trend. As usual, it is evident this is not about protecting life. This is about control. Texas mass shootings up a staggering 62.5% since permitless carry bill. Just over a year ago, Governor Greg Abbott signed a law making it legal for anyone in Texas over the age of 21 to openly carry a gun in public without a permit or license. Since then, the number of mass shootings has risen 62.5%. From June 13, 2020 to June 13, 2021, when Abbott signed the permitless carry law, Texas had 40 mass shootings. In that same time period from 2021 to 2022, the number of mass shootings rose to 65. The math is even more damning when taking the number of victims into account. In the one-year period before the bill was signed, 187 people were killed or injured in mass shootings in Texas. In the one-year-after period, it was 375 people killed or injured, a 100% increase. Even if the 40 people killed or injured in the Robb Elementary School massacre were excluded, the increase would still be 79%, an enormous jump in bloodshed. When the bill was signed, Texas Democrats predicted that the law would likely increase gun violence. At the time, U.S. Rep. Veronica Escobar said the permitless carry bill will cause more violence and loss. Despite overwhelming support for common-sense gun violence prevention legislation like universal background checks, Texas Republicans, led by a cowardly governor, are more interested in groveling for the gun lobby's attention than they are in preventing gun violence and honoring victims and survivors in El Paso and across Texas. And it seems that that grim prediction has come true. These numbers do not even take into account shootings of less than four people. Totals for all gun violence tend to lag behind mass shootings as they get less press coverage. Recently, it was stated that since the bill had been passed, shooting deaths in the state were up 5%, with injuries being up 3%. Every town research and policy says that states that have weakened or eliminated law enforcement authority to deny permits to people who pose a danger have experienced an 11% increase in handgun homicide rates and a 13-15% to 15% increase in violent crime rates. Nevertheless, states have been steadily loosening their gun control laws under pressure from conservatives who feel that a Democratic president is more likely to start confiscating weapons despite no evidence to support the assertion. Across the board, these states experience more violence than those who do not, with Texas being among the most deadly. 
Hey there, folks. I hope you're enjoying the show. I want to remind you that we are a 100% listener-supported family of podcasts, all under the umbrella of the Heartland Pod. You can catch our flagship show, The Heartland Pod, on Mondays every week with Adam Summer, where he delivers an opening statement before being joined by Sean Diller and Rachel Parker for Talkin' Politics. You can also join a variety of our hosts on most Tuesdays for Let's Have a Chat, featuring interviews with folks of interest from around the Midwest. On Wednesdays, the focus shifts to a rotating cast of special reports like The Delta with Nicholas and Christina Linke and High country sean diller's western political updates on thursdays tune in for dirt road democrat with jess piper learn more at heartlandpod.com and don't forget for full access to the last call episodes and the heartland news blog sign up on patreon as a pod head today and now the lightning round lightning round In Missouri, six months after enacting a $2 billion tax cut for the wealthy, House Republicans voted this week to completely eliminate Missouri's corporate income tax, costing the state over a billion dollars a year in lost revenue once fully implemented. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid correctly noted that by continuing to cut taxes for the rich when we're not paying teachers enough and working families are struggling, Republicans insist on unleashing devastating and long-lasting consequences for Missouri's financial future. Rather than cutting taxes for corporations and the wealthy, House Democrats advocate for targeted relief for Missouri families while restoring equity to the system. Missouri's largest electric utility, Ameren, Missouri, believes a bill aimed at reducing competition and giving monopoly providers an advantage in building transmission lines will avoid cost overruns and deliver better results for customers, offering its full-throated support to the legislation aimed at giving the company the right of first refusal to build transmission lines. They argue opponents' worries about limiting competition are, quote, disingenuous at best, but And you kind of had to know there was a but here. In 2016, when Kansas considered similar legislation, which would have cut Ameren out of bidding in favor of the state's utilities, the Missouri provider was opposed. It took a position diametrically opposed to its current one and strikingly similar to the arguments it now calls disingenuous. (laughs) I mean, look, I urge you to read the whole article because honestly, there's a lot more going on than just your typical business out there just to get theirs. And who knows, Ameren may even be right, but the whole thing just kind of made me chuckle. In Wyoming, Wyoming has become the first U.S. state to outlaw the use or prescription of medication abortion pills after the governor, Mark Gordon, signed into law a bill that was passed by the state's Republican-controlled legislature earlier this month. Violation of the ban is to be treated as a criminal misdemeanor, punishable by up to six months in jail and a fine of up to $9,000. Wyoming's new law comes as a right-wing push to crack down on medication abortions gathers momentum, with a federal judge in Texas currently considering a nationwide ban on the abortion pill in response to a lawsuit by anti-abortion groups. And speaking of Texas, a Texas appellate court surprised the electricity world Friday by ruling that the Public Utility Commission overstepped its authority during the deadly February 2021 winter storm when it raised the price of electricity to the maximum 9000 per megawatt hour. The exorbitant price of the electricity during the storm pushed retail power providers and electricity cooperatives into financial distress across Texas. Many were forced to buy power on the wholesale market at high prices and filed for bankruptcy in the aftermath of the storm. If the order stands, it could theoretically create a gigantic mess for the PUC and the state's grid operator, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, to unwind the transactions that occurred during the days when the price was set at the $9,000 cap. 
In Wisconsin, Janet Protasiewicz, candidate for a seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, didn't back down from her support for abortion rights or her belief that the state's Republican-drawn legislative maps are unfair during a debate on Tuesday, in which her GOP-backed opponent accused her of being bought and paid for by Democrats. Protasiewicz fired back at her conservative opponent, Dan Kelly, calling him a true threat to our democracy because he consulted with Republicans about their plan to seat fake electors to support Donald Trump after he lost Wisconsin in 2020. In Tennessee, country star Maren Morris is taking a stand against Tennessee's controversial drag show bill. While performing at Nashville's Bridgestone Arena Monday night for Love Rising, an all-star benefit concert for LGBTQ causes, the country singer said, I introduced my son to some drag queens today, so Tennessee, fucking arrest me. Love Rising also featured performances by Grammy-winning artists like Sheryl Crow, Jason Isbell, Haley Williams, and Brittany Howard alongside drag performers and trans and queer singer-songwriters. Morris goes on to say, He's growing up here as a Nashvillian, and I want to leave this world for him a little bit better than the one we're in right now. And I feel like nights like tonight help to do that. In Oklahoma, the Oklahoma House has passed a measure to ban classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity from pre-K to fifth grade, their own version of a Don't Say Gay bill. House Bill 2546 says classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity shall not occur in pre-kindergarten through grade five or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. The bill does not give details on how this law would be enforced or repercussions of violating it. In a 79-19 vote on Tuesday, the House passed the bill through for consideration in the Senate. In a narrow win for abortion rights advocates, a divided Oklahoma Supreme Court on Tuesday overturned a portion of the state's near-total ban on abortion, ruling women have a right to abortion when pregnancy risks their health, not just in a medical emergency. The court ruled that a woman has a right under the state constitution to receive an abortion to preserve her life if her doctor determines that continuing the pregnancy would endanger it due to a condition she has or is likely to develop during a pregnancy. Previously, the right to an abortion could only take place in the case of a medical emergency. The ruling states that requiring one to wait until there's a medical emergency would further endanger the life of the pregnant woman and does not serve a compelling state interest. In Kansas, the Kansas House voted 88-34 to 34 on Wednesday to approve a bill declaring that when there's a live birth during an abortion procedure, medical personnel must take the same steps to preserve the newborn's life as a reasonably diligent and conscious provider would with other live births. Now, abortion providers and abortion rights advocates contend that measures like this one are designed only to give abortion care a false and negative public image. Because let's face it, folks, Republicans lost this fight in Kansas, and the people spoke at the ballot box loudly. So this type of non-issue virtue signaling is kind of all they got to work with. And lastly, in the Ozarks of Missouri, an Ozarks church leader claims prayer has regrown a woman's toes. Remarkably, others aren't so sure. During a live stream of James River Church's March 15th service, Pastor John Lindell explained that a creative miracle had taken place the day before at the Joplin James River Church campus. Lindell explains that as the ladies prayed for Chrissy over the next 30 minutes, all three toes grew, and by that point, they were longer than her pinky toe. Within an hour, nails began to regrow, 
on all the toes. Now, this alleged toe regrowth event has drawn considerable attention on social media, with many expressing skepticism of the claims. A website urging anyone with proof to share it has popped up at showmethetoes.com. So folks, if you or anyone you know has proof of such a skeletal regrowth, I urge you to head on down to Jeff City, where I understand there are plenty of Republicans in need of a spine. That's all the time we have this week. I want to thank you for joining us. If you have a story you feel I should look into or possibly highlight on the show, please tweet me throughout the week at Kev in Midmo or the pod's parent account at the Heartland Pod. This week's episode featured reporting and information from the Springfield News Leader, the Associated Press, Politico, KFOR Oklahoma, USA Today, the Texas Tribune, The Guardian, the Missouri Independent, Missouri House Democrats, Reform Austin, and CBS. Thanks for listening. The Flyover View is a production of MidMap Media LLC. Learn more at www.heartlandpod.com or at the Heartland Pod on Twitter. See y'all next week.